Ladies and gentlemen, hello again and welcome back to Don't Worry About the Government. My name is Chris Novembrino. On today's show, we have a number of different topics. I'm going to talk about the budget bill. I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to talk about Let's Go Brandon. I'm going to go through some odds and ends here. I'm going to talk about at length how, I mean, I, I hate going like how the Republican Party is really losing it, but like, I think we really need to have a conversation about Let's Go Brandon based on some of the coverage I've been seeing about Let's Go Brandon. Um, and then we're going to talk about Virginia, talk about maybe the end of COVID-19 or the end of the pandemic crisis as we know it and what that pretends for the midterms. So we got a lot to get into. First and foremost, though, hi, how you doing? My name's Chris. Remember me? I I know it's 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 been a couple few weeks, and I did do the episode with Bruce Carlson, but like that was like an interview, almost like a Zoom call where like we talk about politics and stuff. And I figure you all would want to hear it and have some merit to you. I, I mean, I think we both figure that y'all want to hear it when we do it like a radio show. But I mean, for Bruce and I, I, I as you could probably tell, there there's a little bit of like two pals catching up. Um, so I've been doing some stuff lately. I, I'm sure you, you've put that together. For one, now I teach music lessons and I'm teaching like 25 different people. And that keeps me pretty busy. One of the things that's also keeping me busy inside of that is I'm working for one music school. And at that music school, we have a recital coming up. So uh, recently I've been frantically putting together backing tracks for the kiddos here to get them ready for their recital coming up, uh, I'm excited. Like, look, uh, as a music teacher, dude, it, it 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 is so cool to see all these um, students, young and old, learning what you're teaching them, and then so like you see yourself reflected back at yourself in a steady way throughout the week. Um, it, it it is the most gratifying work I've ever done. And uh, for a long time, that was really this show. Um, and it's not like this show isn't gratifying, but like now this show is like the second most gratifying thing that I do. Um, that is different. Um, I, you know, like, it, like it, it's not, it's not that I don't love this anymore. It's just that like, I, I've remembered in the last year how important and essential music is. I, I mean, you, you, you could say that it's been like, stalking me it, it, it in the background like you know like like the killer with the knife this whole time behind me that sg just standing there going like why are you talking to this microphone when you could be playing me but like I, yeah, look the, the, these are the various parts of my life podcasting very much a part of my life um and, and and you know like it's like why are you doing shake them ropes and not don't worry about the government the answer is simple like i talk about professional wrestling there the stakes are low i i i, I follow it somewhat closely closer than some but like there's very little depth to any one storyline so it's a very easy hour for me to get through we have all these weighty topics here. We have the Biden presidency to talk about, you know, world affairs. It's like reading headlines about Taiwan, getting ready for this show, even in a cash way. And like, not for nothing here. I, I want you all to know that like, Nov's back on this episode. Like I, I'm, I'm bringing a slate here for today's show. Like uh, all this stuff just takes more Wrestling takes more time because you have to watch it, but like it takes way less brain power than politics. And so I don't want to just get on the mic and prattle. And I don't look, you know, I, this is a show that has a Patreon. And, and like, I yes, the, the entry level is a dollar show, right? I, I am aware of that. 
But I also still think that's like no excuse for me to do a show that is substandard. And, you know, then, then we can go back a couple months ago and like, I was a little worried when people were like not vibing on the panel and stuff like that. And then I had to sell back into being me and, and doing like me shows. And those are weird because you just get a vibe off of yourself. And like, that's hard. You know, you had to really be in the right mindset for that sort of thing. Um, it's much easier for me to vibe off of Hawkins and be a grumpy and cantankerous sidekick character on that show versus being on Don't Worry About the Government as the solo focus, like the Nove that does shake them ropes, like the the, the dear sweet Novi, shall we call that character, uh, would be like absolutely insufferable for an hour and a half if you don't worry about the government. <laughs> I am aware of this. Uh, in doses throughout the monologue, oh sure, but like we, you know, it can't be that all the time, right? So there's that going on. Um, in other news, I have like a rock band now. Uh, we're called Withered Blooms. Uh, I mean, they, they were already a band called Withered Blooms. They have done a lot of stuff before me, so it's not like I showed up and then they had a rock band. They had a rock band before me. I showed up and now I'm playing lead guitar for them. And, people seem to think I'm making the band better by doing so and they seem to like me and so that's all very good um we, we played a show on Saturday down at the double wide uh, I anticipate more shows here and, and actually we're looking into doing some recording coming up here uh there are videos on my YouTube if you go to the Chris Novembrino search Chris Novembrino you'll find my channel and there's like music, m me playing. Um, I have one video up. I'll, pr I'll probably post another one. I think I have three videos. Actually, my Pops Dove and Brino was at the show. Ma and Pa Nov came out to the show. Aw, aw, I know. Yes, Chris loves his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Ma and Pa Nov came out to the show. It was really nice to have them there. And I said, hi, Ma, from the stage. Yo, Chris loves his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Um, and, uh, dad sent me the videos afterwards. Um, and so I will be uploading those, uh, it, you know, first show settling in, uh, I'm still, I've got my parts written, but like, you know, I, we, I only get to play through these songs at bed practice, which I think in a way is kind of, it's keeping me on edge, but like in a sort of exciting way. Like if, if I was a less, Oh, God, this sounds like such an asshole thing to say. But, like, if I was l less good, like, it, by which I mean, like, I teach people all the time and I'm, like, playing all the time. So, like, I get metronome practice every day now in a way that, like, I didn't before. This is my job. Um, but, like, if I was less good, it would be very harrowing. Oh, I'm getting video chugging. I got to put the sad beato here. Yeah, and I, Rick, look, I'm sad too. I'm sad too. I'm sad that I'm being like this. But like the fact that I'm getting fewer chances to do these solos and play my parts and I have to really like know them and anticipate them. Uh, it, it is actually making for like a really exciting uh, time for me too. So I, I, I am enjoying all of that. It's, it's fun to be back on stage and uh Yes, I am going to go and get my third booster shot here, or my my booster shot. I I I I have heard that the third shot and the booster shot might be two different things. That's kind of interesting. Um, I guess we will uh, find out more about that as the booster shots roll out here. 
Um, Sad Beato is up again because we are just getting that video chug, and I'm liking this take, so we got a vibe with it, people. We got a vibe with it. Um, what else is happening in Nov News? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. If you want to hear me grouse about this as dear sweet Novi, you can go and watch the most recent episode of Shake Them Ropes, where I kvetch about this for about six minutes. Um, so I'm minding my own business on Thursday, and I get a knock, 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 knock on the door, and a person is there at 9 a.m. I'm in my boxers, in my bathrobe, and they're like, hey, we need to get the hot water heater up to code. Now, some of you who might remember this small, minute detail from my summer. Um, might remember that I just recently got a hot water heater, like as recently as August. And so you might be thinking, as, as I did, as I did, I assure you, well, gee golly. If you just installed that back in August, why is it not up to code when you installed it the first time? And uh, no easy answer for this. No easy answer for this. Uh, but suffice it to say, they need to do this repair work. And I like look at this guy like I'm about to fucking kill him. Because the knives are only uh, two arms lengths away. You know, like and it's 9 a.m., uh, did I mention that when I opened up the door to this fellow, um, Shadow got out. So I got to chase out in my courtyard, in my boxers, for Shadow, first thing in the morning. Two thumbs up to that, two thumbs up to that. Got back in, looked at this guy, and he's like, we're going to do report repairs on your hot water heater. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm going to kill you. You need to leave. Probably didn't say I'm going to kill you. You shouldn't say I'm going to kill you to people. It's just bad form. It, it, some people would call it impolite, maybe a threat, it, it, you know, courts, priests, all these people have different standards. Anyways, uh, the next day, Friday, uh, I get about 30 minutes notice that these people are coming over. I have to book it back to my house, get back to my house, and the repair guy is there, and he proceeds to be there all the way till 7.15 on Friday night. Now... Fortunately, dear sweet Novi has no life. Um, it's not really true. I actually did have things to do. I had a band practice to go to. So I was kind of waiting for this guy to go. And I was hoping to take a shower before I went to band practice. Not so much. Um, as I would discover, after this fellow left at 7.15, I was told, you know, wait, wait about half an hour, 35, 45 minutes before you uh, take a shower because you're not going to have hot water right away. Well, 45 minutes later, I go to hop in the shower and, you know, I'm... Dressed appropriately for the shower, shall we say. Uh, and I get into the shower, discover that I don't have hot water, uh, and very quickly exit the shower because uh, I, ain't, I ain't about that life. Uh, that, that was not where I wanted to go. I was already angry at this point. Apparently, there is a certain level of cold where I um, use swear words to warm up. Um, and rage, rage actually burns like a fire inside of me. As I discover, you, if you want to see this again, I'm just gonna keep plugging, shake them ropes. Get those clicks up on YouTube, people. Um, I mean, if you want to see rage burning a fire to keep me warm, uh, feel free to watch the most recent episode of Shake Them Ropes. High quality television, the best wrestling talk in the business, if you ask me. So Saturday, 
this person comes back and is supposed to fix a hot water heater. He has not fixed a hot water heater before my gig on Saturday night. Um, so that's when I get to take the super cold shower before my gig. <laughs> Playing with a little bit of fire in my belly. Uh, and then Sunday, I don't have hot water still. Uh, today, they finally come back. And this guy goes, oh, yeah, it looks like uh, they didn't drain the water appropriately and turn off the power. So it started burning out all the elements every time uh, they turned the hot water heater back on. And then the subsequent repair guy who was supposed to come in and fix it also did the exact same thing. As such, the elements burned out again. Like, they went through, like, three elements in this hot water heater, this brand-new hot water heater, uh, because they didn't do the job right. And I didn't have hot water for several days. So, that was a lot of fun. My life's finally back on track, uh, but, like, you know, like, oh, there goes five hours on my Friday when I could have been doing anything else, but instead I have this guy banging around downstairs, and you gotta keep an eye, frankly, you gotta keep an eye on these people, because... One, they don't do the job right, and two, well, I'm sure you can put together two, three, and probably four as well. All right, people, we've got politics to talk about. We've got politics to talk about. Politics. Man, I, you know, here's the other thing. So, it's a little hard for me to get up for this show right now as a solo show, and... I think it's because I don't enjoy the hate rant, everyone is stupid except me thing the way I I once kind of did. I mean, it was very easy in 2015 to see with some clarity that Donald Trump was an extremely stupid and dangerous man. And it's actually quite amazing that literally, literally, I mean, think about this, people. Think about this. Literally millions of people do not see it. They don't see it. They don't see it. It's so crazy. It's so... The guy from the Home Alone movies... Um, and, and then like, you even still have people who are trying to rationalize it to this day. Like, oh man, like the Simpsons saw the future, that sort of thing. Um, no, like the guy's like totally crazy. So like, it was once very easy to be like, I can't believe you're doing this. Also, you gotta remember, I, I really did think I was done with this show in 2015. God, would that have been better for me? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I no, like for real, I'm glad the show's still here. It's just... I, I, th- th- there's an interesting what if in my life, um, but that I, I do sometimes think about, but like at the end of the day, worked out, worked out. It's cool. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, but now I don't really enjoy that. Like, I, and, and I want to have some sort of message of optimism. Also, I mean, I think the nature of, the left-of-center critique of the Democratic establishment has changed. And in certain ways, I find it to be very unconstructive. And I want the show to sort of be, uh, without, like, going directly at these venues. Like, I'm not going to sit and take notes about Trapo Trap House every episode. Like, I don't care. Um, But I want this show to sort of be an alternative way of critiquing the Democratic Party, um, and obviously the Republican Party as well, but, like, uh, offer an alternative Democratic critique than the standard one you're going to get on Twitter from, like, let's say Red Rose Twitter or something like that. Um, So I've I've been thinking about what that is. Um, And then, like, at long last, 
in my old age, maybe like I, especially with how much darkness there's been in the last year and a half, like, dude, I want to get on the air and be able to give you something positive on some level. Um, I, I mean, you know, hopefully the heartwarming tales of, of dear sweet Novi, uh, like, you know, teaching the kids the music and putting, putting the song in their hearts or whatever, um, is, is something. And like, that's real. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, you know, like when I look at the political landscape, I want to be able to think things are going to get better. Um, the last time I took a break, which was now coming up about seven years ago, 2014, yeah. Uh, 2013? You know, 2013 or 2014, one of, one of those. I was really at a point where I felt like nothing new was under the sun. Um, the Democratic Party was just going to kind of drift along for the next couple of years, and they'd run, maybe they win, maybe they'd lose, but like America was just kind of like stuck in idle. And Democratic politics really feels like that. Um, it, it's... Now, granted, something could change, I guess. Um, I mean, what would that really be at this point? It would be Joe Biden not being the nominee in 2024 and then, like, a robust primary where Kamala Harris is fighting for her life against someone um, who's, like, a real rock rib progressive and we have an ideological fight inside the Democratic Party. I want to give you that optimistic message of hope. I want to get on the microphone and tell you I think that's the most likely scenario. I do not. I do not. I think Joe Biden is running again. And I think that the transition to Kamala Harris is going to be smooth. This brings me no joy to report. I don't like this. I just am telling you this is a person who, if I had to make money moves based off of political outcomes, that would be what I'm betting on. Do I want AOC to scorch all these people's earth at this point? Oh, hell yeah. Joe Biden, we tried. Joe Biden, we tried. But I also just don't think that that's going to happen. I just, I, I don't think that there's anyone else. So I, I can't give you this message of incredible hope. Um, and then when it comes to the Democratic Party, let's be clear. Are they better than the Republican Party? Sure, absolutely. Oh, yeah, duh. If you're not voting for them, you're dope. I, I'm, I mean, let's be real here. Like, like I, I'm just going to put it that way. But they aren't great. Like, they clearly didn't learn all the lessons from the four years of Trump. Uh, the thing they hated most about Trump is, and this is maybe the, the only thing that was marginally cool about Trump, and, like, cool I'm putting, like, with a serious asterisk here, um, because, like, what he represented as an alternative to the establishment was so bad that though he was definitionally anti-establishment, uh, it was such a it was an undesirable anti-establishment, kind of like 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 a a gaping pit of sewage is, I guess, by definition, anti-establishment. But like, just because I don't like the establishment doesn't mean I prefer the gaping pit of sewage. Uh, Donald Trump is that a gaping pit of sewage, and. Uh, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, well, he's anti-establishment, but like, man, it's clear that the Democratic Party, the the establishment, the thing they hated the most about him was that, really. Um, the, the politics, uh, kind of ambivalent on. 
Joe Biden in his administration time and again just makes it a point to slap anyone who believes that marijuana is not something that's any more immoral than alcohol, like smoking marijuana after work. Joe Biden slaps the, those people in the face every day. I, I mean, there. I, I was getting ready to do another riff on this, but I, like it almost it don't it almost feels banal. But at some point, I'm gonna do like ten of those stories in a row from like this administration here, and be like, guys, like I wish I could tell you that this was just like a passing thing or whatever. But like, there's just a very clear trend line that Joe Biden has made a moral judgment on marijuana, and it sucks. Like it's like it's Obama on gay marriage levels of bad. Um, and, uh, I don't know what it's going to take to change his mind. I, Kamala Harris, is she going to have to explain to Joe Biden what marijuana is all about? And then Biden has his grand awakening here going into the election. Is that the kabuki we're going to get? That kind of kayfabe? I, I don't know, man. Um, so like, I, I guess what I'm saying is when I get ready to do these commentaries, I want to come at it with something a little weightier than just let's do a bunch of headlines and I'm going to give you some commentary and feedback. Like I want some sort of like sweeping thought here. I want something, some sort of wraparound. And I'm also finding what's helping me on that a little bit is like a little bit of time space. Um, letting the budget bill thing play out. Uh, did, did we need like 10,000 commentaries on me telling you how cinema and mansion are corrupt? Don't worry. You're getting some of that today. Don't worry if you miss that. Um, if you really like that, there's more of it coming. Um, but like, I'm getting tired of it. Uh, right? Like I, I get, I, I listen to this stuff in the editing room. I hear all these shows twice. Once coming out of my mouth going forwards. And then another time coming back at me a little later on. It's like a boomerang every episode. Uh, a cringy boomerang, uh, a cringy boomerang. And it, like, I know that there's just been a lot of cinema and mansion. I also get the broader game being played here, but like, we think we should really appreciate like the unique awfulness of Christian cinema. The fact that it isn't every day that someone just completely sells out over 10 years. Uh, and, like cinema, like went from like hard left to about as far right as, like Tulsi Gabbard level right wing in the Democratic Party in a decade, that's some pretty wild shit. Like that's an even faster metamorphosis than Tulsi Gabbard. Um, that's a story. It really is. Um, you know, and, and the budget bill is important because it really is. Look, look. If you look at the ebbs and flows of the Democratic agenda here, usually what happens is the party wins that first election. Years one and two are good for them. Three and four kind of useless. And then if they get reelected, there's kind of like a coin flip chance that they can do something with that second term of Congress if they've got something to work with. Um, but like the Democrats have so many structural things stacked against them in the House, in the Senate, um, the way the districts work, and the way the Electoral College works and stuff like that, that it, it seems unlikely that they're going to get more momentum to move forward. The time was now. Um, so you look at Mansion and Cinema and like what they're doing, like make no mistake about it, even if you're getting fatigued about this, think about this as like an eight year story arc and Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema are like fucking things up for like eight years. In the same way that like back during the Obamacare debate, like single payer, um, but more importantly the public option. Um, people like Bart Stupak were really critical in making sure that the the 
Max Baucus as well, and making sure that the public option was not in Obamacare. And like, I mean, those people, yeah, all right, you got really sick of hearing about Max Baucus or Bart Stupak, the Stupak Amendment. God, the Stupak Amendment. You get tired of hearing about it, but those decisions made by those people and those players, even if they are just sort of like stalking horses or whatever, for the corporate interests that want to actually affect that policy change within the bill, it still has this long-lasting impact. So I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to talk about Mansion and Cinema this way, and in particular Cinema, because she really seems to relish playing the villain. Joe Manchin, I think, is just a political animal trying to stay alive. I very likely he flips parties. I I know that Mother Jones story about him leaving the Democratic Party has been debunked or whatever. I don't know that I believe that it's been debunked. Like I I like mean, I, I, I guess is what I'm saying. Like Manchin shut that down. I think that story ends up being a true story, uh, or you know, like, or like the headline ends up being true in the end, um, as it were. So, I get the importance of talking about those people, but like, man, it felt like we were talking about them a lot. Uh, then the Taiwan situation, interesting, but it's also not moving right now. Some interesting things happening on the world front, but what are we really doing when it comes to? carbon dioxide and climate the china situation continues to escalate and get worse like not right on the door of anything right now uh maybe taiwan becomes that flashpoint perhaps perhaps we'll see we'll see um it's just kind of an interesting time it's a holding pattern and i don't want to just grab the microphone and surf headlines and hope I find something interesting and see if maybe I can get some good jokes along the way. That works totally fine for a wrestling show. Um, but for those of you who listen to the wrestling show and kind of hope Don't Worry About the Government can be that, I, I also hope that now that I say this out loud, you get that, like, Don't Worry About the Government kind of can't be that, right? Like, like <laughs> there's, like, serious stuff here. I can't just, like, you know, make nicknames about people and, and have that be purely enough. Canamania has to be a broader point about, like, not picking Bernie Sanders and this idea that, like, Tim Kaine was going to excite white males like myself, uh, whereas Bernie Sanders somewhat obviously would have. Like, it, 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 the jokes are still stupid, but they have to be a smarter version of stupid, right? And I guess that means... They get, all right, with all that set up, with all that set up, you, you, want, you want to, like, get into this slate? We can get into the slate. Let's talk about the slate. You want to talk about the slate? So about the budget bill. We already sort of talked about the budget bill. We're winding up. We're winding into the budget bill. We're moseying. We're moseying into the budget bill. The House voted on the $1 trillion infrastructure bill after abandoning agreement with progressive Democrats to first vote on a separate $1.75 trillion education, health care, and climate package. Party leaders began the day hoping to hold the vote on the social spending legislation, followed by a vote on the infrastructure legislation. A small group of moderates, however, refused to support the $1.75 trillion social safety net climate and tax package without a cost analysis from the Congressional Budget Office, which could take a week or more. The opposition forced Nancy Pelosi to change course, announcing that the House would vote first on the infrastructure bill, which already passed the Senate, and then take a procedural vote to begin debate on the $1.75 trillion Build Back Better bill. So to be clear, what is passed is known as BIF, 
Um, what is still not passed is the Build Back Better agenda, the Joe Biden agenda. The hopes of passing are that it will get passed by Thanksgiving. Progressives, however, have rejected Pelosi's move to vote on infrastructure without a broader social spending plan, saying, quote, if our six colleagues want to wait for the CBO review, we would agree to give them that time, after which point we can vote on both bills together. Pelosi, however, said that the bipartisan infrastructure bill was too important to put off any longer and believes that, quote, a large number of progressives actually plan to support the bill. And in fact... This was the case. It's a problem. It's a problem. The agenda that we are advancing is transformative and historic, hence challenging. Pelosi wrote in a letter to Democrats outlining the new plan. Pelosi can't afford to lose any more than three votes unless some Republicans vote for the infrastructure bill. Earlier in the day, Biden called on House members to advance both bills, which total nearly $3 trillion in investments in infrastructure, social policy, and climate programs. Quote, I'm asking every member of the House of Representatives to vote yes on both these bills right now, Biden said. Send the infrastructure bill to my desk. Send the bill back better bill to the Senate. Let's build on an incredible economic progress. Build what we've already done because it'll be such a boost when this occurs, Jack. When asked whether he, she had the votes to pass the infrastructure bill, Pelosi replied, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, Nance, we sure will. Now... After that, all that happened, um, Pramila Jayapal, uh, uh, we got to talk about Pramila Jayapal. Uh, she needs to go. She needs to go. Like, like we gave her a chance. This was, this, this was nice. She'd stay in the caucus. She's been a good progressive on many fronts. Liked what she said about abortion. I thought, I thought the comments, uh, put a fine point on, on a thought that is important enough merit to have. Uh, but when Jayapal told me Biden called her mom, or when Jayapal, not me, Manu Raju here is who I'm quoting, that Biden called her mom in India after the vote tonight, um, like, what did Joe Biden say to Pramila Jayapal's mom? Hey, hey, Jayapal's mom, Jack, I just worked your daughter like a speed bag, Jack. And then he licked some ice cream. I, I mean, like... Jayapal got played here. Uh, that, there's another great quote from Jayapal where Jayapal was like, I looked all of the members in the eyes before uh, we got this verbal agreement. Because what happened with Jayapal is that she got this verbal agreement from the moderates that they would vote on the infrastructure bill, the, the Build Back Better agenda. Which, like, Jayapal, if they were going to vote on it, they would have fucking voted on it. Have you not figured this one out? Like... Where I'm at right now, guys, is I, I accept that the Democratic Party is what it is. Like, Biden, the centrists, they won the primaries. Like, we, we lost the opportunity to control the leadership wing of the party. But God damn it, I want the progressive caucus to be actual fucking progressives and not like like a, a jobber wrestler named the progressive who has a competitive match that they ultimately lose regularly. And, and in the case of like the way Jayapal ran it, it's more like a jobber gets like two or three drop kicks in before like the, the bad guy heel comes in and like just beats the shit out of them. Um, like th this, I want real progressives. 
I want people who I who I don't leave feeling absolutely cold on. I watched Rokana on the Young Turks. Credit to Jank Uger. He's not always great on everything. I'm aware. Everyone tells me. Um, but like when he does a good job, he does a good job on stuff. And I thought he did a great job in the Rokana interview. He grilled the shit out of Rokana. And um, credit to Rokana. He's the only one who'd actually go on to progressive media. So what does that tell me? Well, one, I didn't think Rokana had a really good outing. And two, if none of the other ones, any of the other progressives are going to come on, then we have a broken feedback system with our own caucus, and it's time to get rid of these people and replace them with better progressives. And broadly speaking, the establishment will probably stand at the side on some of this stuff. I mean, they might try to put their finger on the scale and try to buy out some of these progressives. Maybe. Maybe those progressives will all hang on or whatever. Um, but we also need to figure out, to a certain extent, who are like the real progressives and stop giving the ability for people who are not really progressives to use the name progressive. Not the least of which is, like, for example, Joe Biden gets called progressive. Like, Republicans like to call Joe Biden progressive, and I get that, like, they would call anyone progressive. Like, they, I, I would. I was about to say they even call a centrist, but it's like, but this Joe Biden, like, what, what is Joe Biden? He is a centrist. Um, so, like, they even call Joe Biden progressive, right? Uh, but, like, our, we need to make it very clear who isn't, isn't progressive. So that, like, not for anything, you're sort of doing a favor to a centrist by going, no, 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 we don't own you. We don't want you. Because it makes it easier for them to say the Republicans they were actually going to fight the Republicans. Um, you know, look, I, I'm not a progressive. I, I'm a centrist, and even I don't agree with you. It's like literally like the one benefit of being a centrist if you actually used it the right way. Uh, but they, <laughs> interestingly, never do or seldom do. Seldom do, let's be generous today. Um, but, like, look, I, I think it's pretty clear from the synopsis I read here that the Build Back Better agenda is, is, is a hurting unit. Um, Joe Manchin, for his part is hippity hop on the sabotage trail um already let me get joe joe manchin's little blurb up here joe manchin for his part he said uh spinning wheel come on spinning wheel spin that quote to me uh now that we have a reconciliation bill which is only a partisan bill by our democratic party and that's holding up the other bills that were bipartisan that's the problem. That's the problem. So just, just again, now we have a reconciliation bill, which is only a partisan bill by our Democratic Party. And that's holding up the other bills that were bipartisan. See, bipartisan is good. Partisan is bad. Um, so like what would actually be really useful is if Joe Manchin would just like out himself as a Republican and then vote for these bills and then they would all be bipartisan and like at least the Republican who has been sabotaging us the whole time would, would be, would be, would be identifying the right way. And and isn't that really the thing? They only have one joke I identify as if Joe Manchin could just identify as the Republican that he is instead of ironically identifying as a Democrat, uh, that would actually be quite useful. And it would actually provide some cover to pass the Build Back Better agenda. Mitch McConnell is pleased for his part, which, uh, again, that's more Manu Raju reporting there. And I don't really need the quote from McConnell. You kind of put it together. Like, he saw the decoupling as a major, major victory. Liz Cheney 
Hashtag one of the good ones. Hashtag civility. Hashtag country first. Voted against even the bipartisan baby infrastructure bill. Yep, 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 yep. And Kristen Cinema, for her part, just can't stop raking in the money. Like, she is just, like, happier than a pig and shit as all this is going on. Um, so, first, she was raking in money from pharma amid the finance, or the reconciliation negotiations. She raised more campaign money in the last three months than in eight quarters since she became a senator. Hit a $1.1 million haul with a big assist from pharmaceutical and financial industries whose political action committees and top executives stuffed her coffers in the middle of the negotiations on the massive infrastructure in spending deals. Um, they did not support the original $3.5 million price tag for the bill. They got it willed down to $1.75 trillion at this point, so they've already done their job and got it down to half. And, and there's a decent chance it might not fucking pass at all. Don't be surprised if McConnell goes scorched earth. Uh, let me tell you about a guy named Merrick Garland. Um, as objections have been registered um, by cinema, the protestations about the price tag, her campaign has cashed checks from industries facing potential losses and disruptions. She received $27,800 from packs of pharmaceutical companies from July through September, up from 5000 in the three months prior. So that is nearly a five-fold increase, which is what she needed, um, if I recall the episode we did on her. Her individual donors included a who's who of powerful people in the pharmaceutical industry. Yet Gilead, uh, his CEO, Daniel O'Day, um, gave $5,000. $2,900 came from David Ricks of Eli Lilly. The executive chair of Merck's board, Kenneth C. Frazier, gave $2,900. Uh, the chair of Bristol-Myers Squibb, Giovanni Caforio, um, gave $2,900. The CEO of Genentech, Alexander Hardy, gave $2,500. Meanwhile, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America's Executive Vice President for Policy and Research, Jennifer Bryant, um, and Ann Esposito, and Deborah DeShong each gave $1,000. Little of the $1.1 million came from her constituents. Nearly 90% of her cash came from outside of Arizona. So when people tell you, that she is representing the people of Arizona, go bullshit. The article you're looking for is Politico. Uh, it's uh, October 15th. Cinema rakes in pharma and finance cash amid reconciliation negotiations. It's not even her own people. You knew that. You already knew that. You already knew that. But, like, sometimes people think that, like, she's principled, right? Like, sometimes people think these centrists are principled. And, and they're not. And they're not. And we know, and we know this. But you also need facts to justify that. How do we know things? We know things through facts and facts and reporting. And like, look, Haley Fuchs here, I think, did a very good job. Um, we can go a little bit further, though, uh, on this. Uh, this is also Haley Fuchs. You know what? Haley Fuchs, what up? Good job. Good on you. Um, cinema raking in cash from multi-level marketings uh, campaigns. And they want to kill the party labor bill. Senator is one of just a few lawmakers that multi-level marketing businesses, often derided as pyramid schemes, are giving to. They've been derided as P 
spruced up pyramid schemes. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. Fun fact. Um, um, I totally interviewed for one of these right when I got out of college. Um, I had a landlord who like came up to me and was like, Chris, you seem like an enterprising young individual who wants to become a business owner and you'd like to be like in control of your own life and blah, 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 blah. Why don't you come down to speak to me about a job opportunity? And like, I was dumb enough to think that like, Craig, the landlord, like, cause we had interacted a few times and he did seem to like me. Um, I was dumb enough to think like, oh man, like, wow, cool. Craig's going to like, give me some like entry level gig. And like, it's something to do. And you know, like everyone needs to work. Um, but I went down there and it was for, it was for a well-known, um, pyramid, like multi-level marketing operation whose name Vaguely, um, it's like if you took Pyramid and America and, 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 and put them together, you know, Pyramid America, let, let, let's say that that company is called, um, and I, uh, went there and very quickly put together that what they were doing was a giant multi-level marketing operation where like you, the employee, it's kind of like, um, a another very popular vitamin supplement. When I like, I'm avoiding even naming these cause these guys are like real jerks. If you ever like go into litigation with them or whatever, a popular herbal vitamin supplement, uh, thing, multi-level operation, uh, where you, where you run your own business, so to speak. Um, yeah, they're pretty, pretty nasty. Um, so going back to the article here from Haley Fuchs, political action committee associated with Altacor, the parent entity of health, home and beauty company Amway gave $2,500 to the Arizona Democrat in late June, as did the pack for Isagenics, a Arizona based business that sells nutrition, wellness and personal care products. New Skin Enterprises, another personal care and beauty company, gave $2,500 in that month, as did U.S. A&A Health Sciences, which sells similar products. I mean, like, dude, look at the people that cinema is willing to take money in from. Um, Herbalife? Is, is that a company I was thinking about earlier? I don't know. I can't remember anything. Herbalife, which also sells nutritional supplements, gave $2,500 in July. All are affiliated with the Direct Selling Association. Oh, my God. Like, it's got to be the most evil organization. <laughs> One of the most evil organizations in the country. The donations don't usually, don't track usual political alliances. Um, Eltacor is owned by the DeVos family. One of the biggest funders of Republicans and conservative causes. On some occasions, they appear to have rare forays into national politics for donor entities. Cinema is the only federal lawmaker that, oh, excuse me, it's getting a little late over here, that Isagenics and New Skin Pack have given to. USANA Health Sciences is also given to Mike Lee and Burgess Owens and Cinema. Like, she's in her league of her own for sleazy campaign contributions. She just like does not care. Um, also love that the direct selling associations acronym is DSA. Uh, the, the irony there, not lost on me. Um, cinema does have a personal connection to the industry. Her own mother was a direct seller. 
<laughs> but the bigger incentive for multi-level marketers seems to be to her position on labor organizing. Companies face an existential threat from the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, which would make it more difficult to classify workers as independent contractors. According to one industry source, the bill has become the driving issue since Democrats took control of the White House and both chambers of Congress. And Cinema is one of, if not the only Democratic ally in the Senate on the PRO Act. Uh, Manchin might even be kind of squishy on this one. Um... So, yeah, Joe Manchin has already signed on to the legislation. So it's Mark Warner and Mark Kelly in cinema. Warner has signaled his support for a pro act. I mean, could he defect? Maybe. Kelly says that he supports the bill, broadly speaking, but he wants to see some changes. Um, but cinema's the point person, and she's the one for sale, and she's going all in on this. And like, it's pretty. It's pretty notable, man. Um, her willingness to buck her party's mainstream has earned her support from private industries. $1.1 million in the third quarter. Uh, I'm trying to see what else we got in this article. I gotta just say, Haley Fuchs, like, she writes a good article, man. Uh, like, this is the way that reporting ought to be done. Uh, not not tons of commentary. Um, I, you, like, does Fuchs have an opinion about all this stuff? Oh, yeah. You can totally tell. Uh, but, uh, it, she's not... It's it's not in commentary sentences so much as it is editing and choosing where she's gonna sick the fights in here. Um, like cinema is just like raking in the money here off of all of this stuff. She's gonna sabotage Bill back better, mm. or if or if it passes, they're gonna cut Bill back better down at one point two five trillion. It will be just over $1 trillion by the time they are done with it. Down from $3.5 trillion. So, yeah, this whole thing's embarrassing. Jayapal and the progressives got played. The moderates played them. Joe Manchin won. Mitch McConnell won. Joe Biden, for his part, doesn't care about the Build Back Better agenda. And I know this... Because he hasn't been out there really fighting for the Build Back Better agenda. He's been happy to do foreign stuff and, like, you know, do foreign policy things. And, you know, I, he's been interested in things other than the passage of this bill. He could have put the gas on Congress to do this. Chuck Schumer, for his part, has been doing a horrible job leading in the Senate. But Nancy Pelosi, uh, I hate it when people try to pass off Nancy Pelosi's blame on to Chuck Schumer. Yes, Chuck is feckless, but make no mistake about it, Nancy actively sabotaged the Progressive Caucus. She knows full well what this decoupling does. She knows that what she did here was thwart Build Back Better from passing. She doesn't care. So be it. So be it. But that's that's the game being played here. Hey everyone, this is Chris from the editing room. I figured now is a good time for a mid-show break, and no, not to do an extended plug for the Patreon or something of that sort, although if you want to go and support the show, patreon.com slash DWATG, the video version of this episode has been out for several days and available to Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash DWATG. 
For those of you listening on the free side, however, I do have a little bit of a treat for y'all, although the Patreon people will be getting this too on Patreon.com. I have a song. Uh, Midway through editing this show, I got into the process of writing a song because there are new drum packs that are available for Logic and GarageBand, and I was going through those and the new instrument packs and One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I'm up until 4.30, slamming espresso and writing a song for like six and a half hours, and then I'm up the next morning, and I'm mixing it down for four hours, and long story short, I came up with a song that I rather like. I think it's kind of cool, and I hope that you like it as well. I am tentatively calling it Cosmic Wavelength, but that's more of a production title than uh, an actual final title. A lot of things have production titles and project file names that don't end up being the actual name, but you'll see why it's called Cosmic Wavelength. I try to name the production name something kind of close to the vibe of the song. Enjoy. I hear they're still playing it. A lot of people like it. 
I don't get it. Uh, they 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 don't do much for most of the game. They they do it and they do it for a few seconds and then they set back up and they don't do much and then they do it. I don't, I don't get it. Football. They're still doing it though. Aaron Rodgers is apparently doing it while not being vaccinated. In August, he created the clear impression that he was. He uh, did repeatedly talk about being immunized as other quarterbacks were taking the heat for not being vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers, rather than standing up for those other guys who share the exact same opinion he does, Aaron Rodgers, brave guy that he is, was happy to come up with some sort of euphemism that would make him seem like the woke, cool, cis, het, white guy quarterback. Um, However, I think if anything, over the last several weeks here, last several months here, the whole athletes as role models stock has been dropping and the athletes are largely meathead lunks who get coddled through all the hard classes in high school and their sports activities are prioritized and as such they grow up to be millionaire man children who maybe could have done better in science classes if they were actually expected to learn things in science classes i don't know when I listen to Jonathan Isaac or Drew Brees, I can't help but think, gee golly, maybe just maybe these guys were greenlit through some science classes that they shouldn't have been greenlit through and would be far better off if their athletic career had actually been contingent upon them knowing some basics about biology. I have these very long thoughts that come to me very quickly. And as such, then I usually just scream. I just scream loudly, and it upsets the neighbors. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, God, there are so many dumb quotes from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, I mean, the great part, too, is now Aaron Rodgers, now he's been caught, is absolutely embracing his like, victim status. He's absolutely embracing his, his social pariah status. He's not trying to play it 50-50. We're all being unreasonable. And he goes, quote, I go back to these two questions for the woke mob. If the vaccine is so great, how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? If the vax is safe, how come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity? I don't even understand the second question uh, from Mr. I was about to call him Drew Brees. Like, guys, I really don't watch football. Like, that's not a work. Like, I I play it up a little bit for the microphone, but, like, I really don't give a shit about football. Um, And I I just never liked the sport. Uh, Then we go back to the first question here. How come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? Well, only 67% have had at least one dose and 67% one dose, 58% have two doses. So there's your answer. It's, It's because like not enough people have like actually gotten the vaccine. And as such, people are still getting COVID and dying from COVID. And if you don't have the vaccine and you get COVID, you could get it and die. Um, the numbers also do go up and down, but like, 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 like Aaron Rodgers gives a shit. Like he's, he's done his own research in his ass and he's come up with some very compelling results. Um, so the response has been mixed. Um, Previa health for their part 
was like, okay, we we straight with you, Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's cool. Previa Health said that they're ending their partnership in a joint statement um, with, with Rogers. Rogers tested positive for COVID-19, announced that he was unvaccinated against the virus. Previa Health, uh, for their part, said, quote, Previa Health remains deeply committed to protecting its patients, staff, and providers in communities amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. This includes encouraging and helping all eligible populations to become vaccinated against COVID-19 to prevent the virus from further significantly impacting the lives and livelihoods. Um, and, as one of the most respected athletes in the country, not anymore, Aaron is truly passionate about improving the health and wellness of our communities. On Friday, Rogers appeared on the Pat McAfee show, confirming that he is unvaccinated and expressed his disappointment in his treatment from the media. Okay, yes. Um, I realize that I'm in the... Ca- like, oh, this is a different quote where he uses woke mob. Good God. So, like, I've arrived at a point where, like, the second you say woke, my brain just, like, re- redirects, like, from normal input of, like, okay, information needs to go in here. Like, it, it, it switches over. And all of it gets diverted to the outdoor at the end of the day. Like, I, I, I just can't hang on to it. If you say woke, I'm gone. I'm, I'm already out the door. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before the final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, come see my new fucking band, Cancel Culture Casket, guys. You're going to love it. It like kind of like a retro rockabilly like goth thing, but we talk about like how like PC culture has really gone too far. I would like to think that we... We've, <laughs> let me try again. God. So before the final nail gets put in my... The final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket. I think I would like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies that are out there about myself. Roger said that the media was on a witch hunt to find out which players were vaccinated and blamed reporters for saying he was immunized back in August. It's like a thing that he said. He made a point to say it multiple times. Rogers added that he had been following strict NFL protocols for unvaccinated players to a T. He didn't do that. Uh, I, you know, he also said that he sought advice from Joe Rogan, and he's going to say that he says that he now has the best immunity possible based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people that get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using his voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten. But I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivervectin, zinc, vitamin C, and DHCQ, and I feel pretty incredible. Of these, only monoclonal antibodies are approved treatments for COVID-19, but those alone could not account for any improvements in his symptoms. So... The interesting question is kind of like, okay, what did you really do, Aaron Rodgers? Like, once this really happened, because it's probably not the anti, it's probably not the ivermectin. So, I like, I hate this. I, of course, this guy's a culture war hero. Uh, of course, he's going to be elevated and he's going to be lifted up. Um, we got to stop. Uh, I, I think the answer here with, with these people is that you just stop watching these sports. I, like, and, and if that seems so ridiculous, 
remember that you're talking to like a lifelong basketball fan, a guy with a head coaching record of oh and one lifetime and semi-professional basketball in a now defunct basketball team in a shitty secondary semi-pro league known as the ABA. Like, that was that ABA, like the one from the 70s, but, like, not that ABA either. Uh, anyways, point being, basketball is, like, not not a part of my life. It's actually a fairly major part of my life. Do you all remember my fantasy teams? I remember my fantasy teams. I spent a lot of time managing those fantasy teams. That was getting pretty intense. I was getting pretty into it. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that it is – um it, it it is possible to decouple from your favorite sport if these people are really that atrocious like these athletes stink and they they stunk throughout the whole pandemic they could have done the right thing to help promote a safer society but instead they and countless others, all these celebs, all these celebs, like every time you walk into a grocery store, every time you walk into a Starbucks, every time you walk into a gas station, and you still see that person behind the counter in a mask, know that they are in a mask because of the failure of elites and people with platforms across the board. Um, and guys like this are part of the problem. So like every time I see a lunk like Aaron Rodgers, or Jonathan Isaac, or whoever else, and name your Kyrie Irving and his flat earth loving ass. I think about like the grocery store worker who still has to stand behind the plastic screen, still has to wear, wear a mask. They're the ones who get punched in the face by these people. And they don't even necessarily put it together, but I do. I do. These people are horrible, and we need to stop giving them our money. That's how they make money. They make money because we watch them. And like, no, I can't make them broke, but I can stop sending my money their way. And so I do. And so I do. I'm not going to give, you know, I'm not going to play basketball, fantasy basketball, because um, that would involve me watching the games, which would involve me giving the NBA advertisement money. And don't get me wrong, I still want the game to exist, but the, these athletes, I, I'm not interested in cheering for these athletes, um, so I'm not going to give them my money. I'll give my money to other people. There are lots of other people who who would like my money. Um, they like money. That people, I mean, they they out there, out there, they like money, and they all do. Um, I mean, you know, like that's that's just what you do. Um, so why why not why not someone else? Why not something better? Um, that's all that's all I can think of. Um, and I guess I it, like I don't watch NASCAR, but I'm sure I'd feel that way if I watched NASCAR. Uh, but that gets us into our next topic here. Let's go, Brandon. Now, if you have not seen the original clip, as a lot of libs, I, I guess, have not, because I, I, I've had this conversation with several people, and people are like, yeah, what is Let's Go, Brandon? And I'm like, oh, you haven't actually seen the clip? And they're like, no. And I'm like, because the clip's actually fucking funny. And, and if you don't think the clip is funny, you're dumb. Like, no, the clips are, like, really funny. Like, they're saying, fuck Joe Biden. And the announcer goes, what? they're saying, let's go Brandon. Like, that's, that is objectively funny. That is, like, if that was in, like, a Will Ferrell movie, um, and it wasn't like, you know, they, it was like, you know, let's go Mayor McCheese or whatever, you know, like, like you would, you would recognize that as, like, a classically funny comedy bit. Um, so, like, 
cheers to the conservatives on this one. Sure, enjoy it. And now, now that I've scolded the libs for rec- not recognizing that this is funny, we need to talk about why it's dangerous that this is funny. And why this is actually not a good thing. So often, so I was thinking about this earlier, and it's like hard to encapsulate this thought cleanly, but bear with me here. So often, resistance Twitter is like directly adjacent to a valid thing to be concerned about. But instead, like get apoplectic about something fairly small like so their their response to let's go brandon has been to be like thank you brandon like they're upset about it but they're not really seeing the real problem here um and and like the media isn't making this any better because they're like oh this is cutesy like oh this is this is okay um this is actually the opposite of cutesy or civil like like the way of saying this is cutesy is well they're not saying fuck joe biden um okay so be it yes um, I'm saying fuck Joe Biden. I'll, I'll oscillate freely between them or whatever. But like, they're not saying fuck Joe Biden. But the thing about let's go Brandon is that you can say let's go Brandon in the public square in many other contexts. And that allows you to express the fuck Joe Biden thought more openly, more often uh, in a way where people can't directly challenge you. It's a troll job. Um, it's an edgelord thing. It's the okay symbol. It's the tiki torch. It's the Hawaiian shirt. Hey, man, I see that you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt and you're making the okay symbol. That's just a Hawaiian shirt and an okay symbol. This is just a tiki torch. I, I, I mean, people in the establishment media, but much more depressingly, in the ought-to-know-better left are not seeing this game for what it is. Um, and this, this at the same time, all of this is happening in a backdrop, right? So let's go, Brandon, is not an isolated thing. I mean, the, what, what in politics is possibly an isolated thing here, right? Um, what, what was this tweet? What, what was I looking at here? What was I looking at? Like, why, why did I click this? Why did I save this? This is this is apparently relevant. Okay. Oh, okay. This just broke down how Let's Go Brandon became a code for for this. Um, I, I mean, Republicans are defending this, and they're saying it. Like elected Republicans are saying this. Um, they would never say "fuck Joe Biden" outright. Like they're scared to say that. They know better. Uh, it's it's not Christian. You get you in trouble in church or whatever. Um, although, like again, like thinking "fuck Joe Biden," like it, like in the same way that like thinking. Like, like a priest would tell you that thinking about sleeping with your friend's wife um, is a sin. And like, you know, if you're like not sure about this, I mean, think about it. like, like think about your friend's girlfriend. Now I want you to like think about your friend's girlfriend for like every night before you go to bed for the next week and tell me you don't feel kind of weird and guilty at the end of that exercise. <laughs> right. Like, no, like, yeah, it probably is a sin. It's probably, there's probably is something wrong with that. Right. Like, like, even if you don't want to say like a sin before God, like it's probably like a wrong, right? Uh, yeah. Like, um, saying fuck Joe Biden is, is like opening up the door here. And, and what's also happening in the background, you have Charlie Kirk doing the rally, a couple of weeks ago, and he asked, 
I'm, I'm just asking, hey, like, when are we going to start using the guns? When are we starting to start using the guns? And the more people who say, let's go, Brandon, it's like, eh, hey, fuck Joe Biden. And, and you could start saying it more often. You heard about the pilot on the Southwest Airlines who said, let's go, Brandon. That's introducing let's go, Brandon, into a place where, like, you would never have gotten away with saying, fuck Donald Trump. Like, as, as I'm sure many flight attendants probably would have been thinking, fuck Donald Trump. Um, they aren't able to say that. There was no way of mimetically putting that out there. Whereas you can say, let's go, Brandon. You can seed that in. You can slide that in and then Hawaiian shirt tiki towards OK symbol your way away from it. Um, and make no mistake about it. Trump is running. So let's go. Brandon helps even more with the future Donald Trump run and it plays right into the Trumpy energy. Um, everyone's latching onto it. Ted Cruz latched on to let's go. Brandon Lauren Boebert latched on to let's go. Brandon, um, Paul Gosar today, as they are saying, fuck Joe Biden, Paul Gosar today, post an anime video showing him killing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Just, you know, in the background here, Ted Cruz saying, let's go, Brandon, wink, wink, jokey jokes about secession. And, and, and again, could I go through the quotes here and you can go, oh, he's not entirely serious. I get it. But like, I don't know. If you really believe that the country needed civility right now, which they don't, right? Like they don't. At long last, what does Let's Go Brandon, this exercise, show us? That they were never for real about civility. I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. You knew it. You knew it. You didn't need me to tell you. But I told you. Oh, I said over and over and over again. And this Let's Go Brandon thing has proved it in spades. They never believed it. Not for a lick. Christian cinema was never principled. These people were never interested in civility. There's nothing to work with on this side. They Like, 41% of Republicans say that they're... That their votes are going to be counted accurately, which is down from 84% in, in October 2020. 66, like 44% drop among Republicans. 66% say that they're confident. Um, overall, no, overall 66% say that their vote will be, are confident. That's down from 85%. That's all because of Republicans. Um, 22% of Republicans believe that Biden was legitimately elected. So like when they, when they're saying, let's go, Brandon, the person who's saying, let's go, Brandon also broadly thinks Joe Biden is not legitimately elected. Let's go, Brandon becomes, and also now it's turning into LGB. That's enough that they're, they're finding ways to meme it further. Um, and they might like might turn into let's go Brandon team, which would be LGBT and try to co-op that acronym from the LGBT community. If you don't think this is where this is going, you don't understand the right at long last. Um, and there are a lot of, yeah, the establishment. Yeah, the establishment. But like, I, I think that there are actually a fair amount of progressives and lefties who just like don't fucking get this either, which. Part of my problem here, part like what, like, you know, um, it, it's hard when I don't necessarily like outside of like Sam Cedar and then like the occasional Young Turks episode, but it's like really, really hit or miss, but mostly Sam Cedar. I don't really see like people who I think get it, um, in the media on a regular basis here. Um, all this is of a piece. They don't believe that Joe Biden was legitimately elected. And, and if Trump runs again, and when when Trump runs again, he, he already says that he's going to announce after the midterms here, uh, he's going to be running premised on the idea that he never lost. Like, you see where this is going? 
I mean, do you remember the riot in the Capitol on January 6th? I know you do. I know you do. Uh, this Let's Go Brandon thing is happening in the backdrop of all of this. Fuck Joe Biden is happening in the backdrop of all of this. Finding new ways to creep fuck Joe Biden into the public square is happening in the backdrop of all of this. So, like, in a vacuum, would I give a shit about Let's Go Brandon? No, not really. But 1-6 happened, and what is still very strongly there, again, that's that's a poll from NBC News here, is, is that... Republicans do not believe that Joe Biden legitimately won the election. 30% of Republicans believe violence may be necessary to save our country, compared to 11% of Democrats and 17% of independents. Among those who believe the 2020 election was stolen from Trump, 39% support resorting to violence. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. 33% of Republicans said they will trust the result of the 2024 election, regardless of who wins, compared to 82% of Democrats. We are in two different worlds. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Overall, 62% of Americans say they will trust the results of the 2024 election. 81% of Americans believe that there is a serious threat to democracy. Um... And it's coming from all sorts of different directions. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. One of the most popular podcasts on iTunes. And by most popular, I mean, okay, it was more popular before it got delisted from many of the major platforms. Um, But Steve Band's podcast is still doing pretty well on iTunes, despite the fact that it got, like, diminished substantially. It has been churning out election kayfabe for a very long time. I have like an extensive list, which I'm not reading. It's on the slate. You can go ahead and read it. Um, so when they say, let's go, Brandon, this is all happening in a piece in a, in a backdrop of political violence. And I really think that people ignore this at their peril because things are getting worse, not better when it comes to the Republicans in the, the Republican state of mind. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to claim elections were stolen that they won. Uh, they know better than to do that. Um, so they're thrilled about the Virginia gubernatorial election. Um, this is a state that Biden won by 10 points 12 months ago. Um, and Phil Murphy did in New Jersey did win, but Terry McAuliffe in Virginia was defeated. Now, Virginia is like a weird state, so like it's all, it gets it has a huge history of being overanalyzed. One thing, and this is an important thing, is essentially governors are term limited. You can't have consecutive terms, so every election is an open election. Which looks study the incumbency effect. Um, that that changes everything. So like the, these are really bad samples on that front. Off-year elections, and I'm not even talking about midterm elections. I'm talking about off-year elections have a completely different turnout crowd. Um, so yes, Joe Biden won by 10 percentage points, percentage of vote voter total X, whereas Youngkin won on probably a much smaller voter total. So keep that in mind as well. And then, um, like McAuliffe and the Democrats, I, I, I just like, I don't think they ran a very good campaign. Um, I, I think they got desperate late, and they tried to 
really go all out on making Youngkin seem like a Trump extension, and there just there just wasn't enough there to make him a Trump extension. I think on some level, the way they've been handling the COVID response has been pretty ham-fisted. Uh, I, I, the anger at Democratic governors in certain states is real. And I think that some of the restrictions are silly or, or like oh, are, are too much. Um, now, granted, I'm in Texas. I would like them to be doing more. But, yeah, uh, there's a little bit of that going on. Certainly the school board meeting thing. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think the most important thing has to be the amount of people who turned out in Virginia for the presidential election, which is like an all-time high, versus the amount of people who turned out for this election, which I think would be nothing like that, right? Um, Democrats win, win when they get turnout. Now, what would have helped then? based off of that, is the passage of this bill. I, I think not having momentum coming off of the passage of Build Back Better hurts them. I think that the last 11 months here now, it has kind of felt like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, but particularly Joe Manchin, has really been playing the shit out of Joe Biden. Um, I don't know that that really upsets Virginians. It might. Um, it... They, it I think what people don't like is is a sense of incompetence and weakness. And they look at the way the Democratic Party is governing right now, and you kind of come across with this like sense of, like, this is a party that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, the people who are supposed to be leaders are actually being led by people who are supposed to be, you know, riding passenger in the car. That looks weak. Um, even if you are someone... Even if you're someone who likes Mansion and Cinema, you secretly know that like Mansion and Cinema make Pelosi and Schumer look like weenies and Biden. Like and you like that. Like that's the thing you like, but you know that. And so like you recognize that it's bad. You just like the bad things are happening to people that you think are bad. I get it. I get it. I like I, I like honestly do, but like like can we be real that like you you know you know what you're saying here. Um so I don't know. Um do the Democrats need to change the strategy? Yeah, they need to change the strategy. They're going to they're going to get their ass handed to them in the midterm elections. Uh, I think we're, we're the biggest problem though. It has nothing to do with Virginia. I think the big problem here is this Pfizer COVID-19 antiviral pill. Uh this to me it, and I I sounds so weird because this is like the happy note that i get to end the show on here today um this this could be the end of the pandemic uh, i mean it's not like covid 19's over um but like dude a, a pill that reduces the risk of hospitalization or death by 89 percent in addition to the vaccine bro the pandemic's over stop being scared get over it it's over it's okay you're gonna be fine you're like more vulnerable to other things now at this point like the flu could kick your ass probably about as much as covid if you've got your sh your three rounds of shots and you have this pill you are not i i say this with a very high level of confidence you you listening to this podcast are not going to die of covid 19 you're probably not going to even go to the hospital you'll be sick for a few days you'll be okay we all get sick sometimes it's okay so and then you'll have antibodies and they actually start to say like the not not to sound like joe rogan here at the end of the show but like what they are saying is that the antibodies especially if you had that in conjunction with the the vaccine and stuff i mean like at that point those will hold you in really good stead and and that will really reduce the likelihood of future infections from covid19 
guys, it's over. There's a finish line. Like that, that blows my mind. Um, and it really blows my mind as I sit here and like, think about this because like, there are people I knew well, people who played in my bands who aren't here now. It's going to sound mean, but I'm just going to be real. Because they were dumb. Because they were dumb. And, and, and they weren't patient. And they couldn't just wait. Two years. Two years. I know it sucks. But... You know, I made it through this period. And, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it like in the present tense because this clinical trial that they were doing with this COVID-19 antiviral pill, they actually had to sack it off early because it was going so well. It was no longer ethical to give the placebo drug to the other group because it was like, whoa, dude, you're like giving the placebo drug to people when you could be giving them the real thing. Like, what are you doing? How could you, you monster? Um, like th this is it. It's over. Uh, I, I mean, it's not like COVID's over dude. Like, like we were never gonna like beat the virus. Like, did you, I hope you didn't think like, like, you know, like one day we're like, put the fly you know, it's just, from the depths of hell. I stab at the COVID-19, this giant vaccine. We're like, attacking it from all sides like the end of a kaiju movie or something like that that'd be dope that'd be dope like the final mutation it like comes out of the ocean and like we have to fight it with like lasers and shit no um the this is it this is it you you we get it to the point where you like can go and like get a covid pill you're sick you go to your doctor they give you a pill you go home you have amazon or you know like some food place deliver some food to you you swoon you get better best of life that's it. It's the end. Um, so that's awesome. Like that's that's like really cool, right? Uh, I mean, like, let us like bask in that. Like it's coming. Like like twenty twenty two is gonna be better. You don't you don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, you know I would still wear a mask in a grocery store. Like but like that's like no longer about COVID now. It's like. Uh, I just want to reduce my likelihood of catching, like, strep or, like, you know, like, one of those other, like, crappy bugs that, like, you don't want to get, right? Um, so, I'll probably still be wearing a mask in public places. Not, not the least, which is, like, dude, I don't need people to see my face. Um, but, it's so nice to know that you, like, won't need to wear a mask because of COVID. You're just, like, wearing a mask so that, like, you don't get, like, a flu and that sort of thing. Like, just trying to, like, not be a dick in public. Cool. Okay. So what do the Democrats have to run on now? There's their problem. You know, like you're, you're like, what's the wind up here? Where, where's he going with this? What, what's, what's the Democrats issue now? Um, they're going to get to do the reopening. Ying, ying, ying. Um, but like they sort of like fucked their whole thunder up on this because they wanted to make July 4th the fucking drop dead date when like, it's so obvious that January 1st, 2022 is going to be victory COVID day. Um, but now they don't even get to have that because they like chose to arbitrarily make July 1st our independence day. Um, whereas it's going to be, it's dude, I'm trust me. Once this drug hits the market, you, you will see, you will see the numbers will drop because like. Yeah, people will still be getting it, but like it, it's it's 
it's not going to be the same as it was. It's just not. It's going to be over. Um, people aren't going to be going to the hospital as much. The hospitalization death numbers are going to drop, drop hard. More people are going to get hospitalized from the from like the cold and the flu here in the year 2022, um, in the United States at least. Um, you know, places where it's not available yet. No, COVID's still going to kick some ass, but like, no, this, this is going to be a game changer. Um, so, what do the Democrats have? Um, those who had at least one shot of the vaccine. Uh, support McCall by 14 points. Um, those who didn't support Youngkin. Um, the Republicans have fought a culture war over this. They've made up their minds. Um, and yes, that was serving as a cleaving point for a while. But that, politically speaking, is not going to be a cleaving point anymore. I think the damage done, the damage is done. Um, and yes, there will be divisions among Republicans, again, over vaccination status, but they will find ways to smooth over this. Um, Republican friends will find ways to stay friends, even if they don't agree on this vaccine thing. Um, and then they'll still dutifully go and re- vote Republican um, and convince themselves that this next one's nothing like the last one. Um, even though, okay, yes, it's Donald Trump, but he's learned something this time. He's wiser now. Uh, he's, he's a changed man. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump is a changed man. Um, so that, that's to me the big issue for Democrats coming out of this is you don't have COVID to run on anymore. This bill back better bill is scuttled. Trump's going to announce that he's running after the midterms, which is great for the Republicans going into the midterms uh, because the Democrats are not going to be able to convincingly run as all these Republicans are just here as Trump props. Trump knows what he's doing there. He, like, like that That's smart. Someone talked to him about that. Um, and he probably got some insur- some assurances on this because like the Trump move would actually be to like announce like the start of next year that he's running again, just to like get the buzz going. But that would have hurt them. That would hurt them in the upcoming midterms. So really great. Also, if the Republicans get their ass kicked, he gets, he wins out of the way. Um, it, it, he does some things that are smart. He really does. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, that, that's what I think the problem is for the Democrats. You, you aren't delivering on basic stuff. Um, Doug, who has been on the show on a regular basis, was like, the Democrats need to be running on things like getting rid of daylight savings time, um, you know, like like changing the postal system and getting, you know, change, you know, any number of small, meaningful changes that people want done that are not like particularly lefty. Like, you know, like you wouldn't, Karl Marx doesn't have an extended rant on daylight savings time. It's just a bad idea. We should get rid of it. Um, marijuana should be legalized, um, you know, like pre-K, there are a number of these agendas, as many of which were actually kind of like thought about to be in the build back better bill. I know they're keeping pre-K and it's the only one the corporate donors like, and it also is actually conveniently the one that will probably have the least impact electorally speaking to, um, there are all these issues that the Democrats could be going after to court favor and trump has made them really 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 lazy uh they basically have been content to run on we're not trump we're better than trump and it's true don't like kid yourself again it's true but it's also like doesn't really mean all that much which is which is how you end up with the phrase build back better in the first place build back better than what trump didn't build anything like 
like, you know, like we, we didn't, COVID didn't, what we lost in COVID, uh, can't be rebuilt for one. Like, uh, I miss Brian. He can't be rebuilt. Or can he? All right. That's gotta be the end of the show. <laughs> miss you, Brian, the time traveler, dude, wherever you are, we, we will meet again at some point. Probably. Uh, I, I could, I, I could get like mecha implanted. I could be like, you know, you know, put into like a giant fighting robot with like lasers and stuff and like never have to stop playing guitar. Think about it. Think about it. Patreon.com slash DWATG is where you can find the show's Patreon. Uh, my YouTube channel, you go to Chris Novembrino, uh, search Chris Novembrino on YouTube. You can follow my music on there. Um, if you're interested in seeing me doing music-y type stuff, it's, it's an important part of my life now. Um, it's going to continue to be an important part of my life. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere though. Don't worry. It's not going. Okay. I need to stop that joke. Um, there's no, like once you start, you can't get off of it. Um, but don't worry, it's gonna be here. Uh, I, people are like, oh, are you sacking off the show? And I'm like, guys, it's on episode 539. And like, I took a two-year break. Like, if I was gonna quit this thing, you'd know. And also, if I was gonna kill this show, there'd be, like, some sort of, like, Viking funeral for this fucker. Like, like I'd have to do something for it. Like, it, it would... I wouldn't just, like, stop doing it i you know like y'all have been part of this there have been so many people who have been part of this like if i was, gonna, if I was, if I was ever gonna be done done it, you know like all right all right so like i might take a break here and there it might happen I'll, I'll try to announce them um you know if i'm gone for a few more days than you'd like i get it i get it i am getting a little older i do have to do some things a little different um not too many things but some things are changing and it's good uh it just yeah it takes time but i but i hope you still like the shows i still like you i hope you still like me um and that's gonna do it for this episode don't worry about the government you can find the show at uh dwatg i'm chris dovenbrino you can go to the patreon if you want guitar lessons hit me up thank you all so much for listening and until the next one bye 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 bye, bye. bye.